Maryland made on me, Maryland made on three. One, two, three. Maryland, Maryland made. So welcome back to the Maryland Made Podcast, episode three. I'm Megan Berezny, the Big Ten Fellow, and I'm here with our featured guest for today's episode, Dr. Lacey Carmen Johnson, the Director of Professional Development and Associate Director of Academic Support Services at Purdue University. Lacey, thank you for joining me and having this conversation today. Oh, thank you for having me, Megan. Super excited to collaborate collaborate with our Big Ten peers and um, just looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah, should be good. So we're just going to roll right into our first segment here. And basically what we're trying to do is just get a little bit of background on not only your experience, but we'll talk a little bit about what you do at Purdue with the different programs that you have. So Risa, Tim, and I have gotten to know you on a professional level and know a bit about your journey to Purdue and what your background is like. But for our listeners who don't know, what is your story? So, you know, I could give you the, I currently serve as Director of Professional Development here at Purdue. Uh, you've already given everyone my title. Um, I have been affiliated with, I think, about six or seven universities to this point um, since college, started out at Division III um, as a teaching fellow and assistant coach. You know, at Division III, you wear like 17 hats. Um, I was the epitome <laughs> of that, but really it, it helped me to, to kind of define what it was that I wanted to do um, at a later date throughout my career and how I've been able to grow um, through that process. So I, at Smith College um, in Western Massachusetts, I actually taught in the exercise of physiology department. Um, I worked in the AD's office um, as an administration capacity. Uh, and then I also was an assistant coach for track and field. And as my career has progressed, I've literally been able to do all of those in various um, forms, sometimes together, sometimes um, individually at different places. And so that is that was kind of cool to be able to start that as a 22-year-old grad student to, to see that. And a lot of people don't know that I like have that affiliation at the Division three level. They just kind of know these last couple of years of my life, which I'm grateful that Purdue has given me that platform to, to grow uh, and do that. But um, something I saw the other day that really hit home for me was that these titles, those are things that we rent, right? So that's not who I am. That's just places um, and spaces that I serve in. Um, and I'm very proud to have been affiliated with Western Kentucky, um, with Purdue University, with Stephen F. Austin, with Marshall, with Smith. Um, but those are all spaces and places that I have rented time there. Um, but who I am as a person really is just an impactor. Um, I, I love to empower people. And I consider myself a game changer. Doesn't really matter what everybody else feels about me, but I definitely think that when I come into different spaces, like I come with um, an innovative mind, innovative spirit, and I want to provide that empowerment for others to feel like they can be the best versions of themselves, whatever that looks like. Um, and I always say, like, if you hang around me long enough, I'm going to brainwash you into thinking you can achieve more than your wildest dreams. Um, and I'm going to be that leader and assist. And I pride myself on that service aspect of, of life. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, and I'm, I'm a mom and that's my favorite title. Oh, <laughs> I'm coming from um, a D2 background where I went to undergrad. So I definitely feel you with the 17 hats. Maybe we're like 12 at D2, but it's definitely a lot going on. <laughs> Um, so this episode, we're really going to focus on identity development. And like I said, not only what you do, but what we do at Maryland and just kind of have a conversation about the importance of it. So we know that a big piece of identity development is the transition in and out of athletics. 
and being an athlete yourself, how did you handle the transition either in or out of college? And then how do you um, define yourself outside or how did you define yourself of, um, outside of being an athlete while you were an athlete yourself? So I think my story is a little bit different because when I finished high school, I actually had decided that I wasn't gonna do sports in college. And once I got to Rice, um, I had talked with the coach before. My roommate was actually a track athlete. My other two roommates were soccer athletes. And they, my track athlete roommate said, hey, you know, let's, let's, go, let's go talk to coach during orientation week and see what's what. And so I ended up walking on to the team. So I, have, I, I had transitioned out in my mind well before I even got to college. And I just, I have this walk-on mentality that you have to work hard. Um, you know, nothing is given to you. I spent the entire first year of my career in college thinking that every day, like I would walk to practice and they would tell me that, oh, you don't have to come back. <laughs> so it was a different, just a different mindset that a lot of folks, you know, don't have. Like I didn't feel like, I felt like it was a privilege to be there and I was very much so grateful for it. But when it came time to transition out into that next step, um, the hardest part for me was just that structure, was kind of losing that structure initially. And I remember the first couple of weeks after finishing my career, I was still practicing every day. Like I would go and run and do whatever because that was what I knew that at three o'clock every day, that's what I was supposed to do. Um, but I actually got into coaching. And as I mentioned, you know, just as a division three, um, working in division three, like I, I had so many other responsibilities that the athletic piece of it was there. And I took a lot of just my values and just my strengths come from that athletic side of it. But I was more than an athlete. I've always been more than an athlete. I pride myself on the athletic skills, but that wasn't the only thing, you know, that I was. Um, I, actually, I, I didn't even tell my professors in college that I was on the track team. I, I didn't want that to be looked at as a negative um, in some regards, because I went to a private institution that was mm -hmm. just very high academic achieving. And so, you know, how that goes sometimes. Um, so I, I would use it when I needed to, um, to help, but I, I've always saw myself as more than an athlete. It was a skill that I had, something that I was really good at, um, but it wasn't just me. Um, and that's something that I tried to get the student athletes to always, you know, look into what else um, exists beyond the surface of what people can see. And I know we're gonna get to talk a little bit more about that throughout this podcast today. Yeah, well, that's a, a, a good transition because you can kind of um, elaborate a little bit more on what you do at Purdue. So just rolling into this second segment, starting out by just telling me a little bit um, about your role at Purdue and what your day-to-day -day looks like. And I know that in athletics, that's not really uh, the best question sometimes because we have different, you know, every day looks a little bit different, but in general, um, you know, just go over like your responsibilities and, and what you do at Purdue. So I, I think what's more appropriate for me would be what does a week look like? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so my title already shows you that I, I've carried that that work ethic from that division three taught me where you wear 17 hats, like mm -hmm. I wear, you know, maybe five or six here. Uh, and that, that, that is also different at the division one level, because I think sometimes we are very much so siloed in what we do. Um, but I pride myself on the ability to work in football academics, um, as I sometimes say is my day job. Um, and then some of the development um, areas are my night job. 
And then there's lots of other things that are sprinkled in there as well. Um, some DEI stuff um, has now been added in, some staff um, and coaches development stuff has been added in as well. But with, you know, from a weekly standpoint, I really try to get the week started off uh, from an academic perspective and just make sure we're where we need to be with um, the football student athletes that I get to work with every day. Um, it's fun because I get to see them in a different space outside of the football field. Um, you know, academics sometimes we're the fun police and I get to have some of those hard conversations with them. But that empowerment that I bring to the table just naturally um, has been a big factor in just how we, we work our programming here. And because of that, I've been able to translate some of that into a, a an athlete development program that's specific to football here, and we call it Boiler Swag. So I partner with our um, director for professional development, or sorry, director for player development for football, um, Coach Sean Pugh, and we have put together the Swag program that offers financial literacy. Um, it, we have a leadership academy um, through that for football. We do community service. Um, Coach Pugh is um, very hands-on with the spiritual development of our players as well, and then the career readiness piece of it. I don't like to call it career development. I wanna call it career readiness because transitioning towards the future. And we have had some different focuses throughout the three years that I've been here. And that has been, you know, awesome. The, the players have some amazing buy-in into the program to where they're like, oh, I really like this. You know, can we get X, Y, and Z? And when, when they start asking you to bring in different things, like, you know, you've made it. And that's really how I was able to get my start here with, um, with, with the development side of things. So it started from academics, then moved into the development piece. And then um, with the all student athlete development program, um, we call it Boiler Pro Plus here. And so there's a number of pillars that are under that. We used, it used to be uh, titled the John Wooden Leadership um, Institute. And so now that Leadership Institute kind of falls under our leadership pillar that we have, but we've expanded it more to include career and professional development and the community engagement, the alumni engagement um, and some other different areas. And so we're, we're really just getting that going. Um, our first big rollout of it was in the fall. And of course that's COVID. So <laughs> it, it's been an interesting transition with having to do everything virtually. But I think we've seen a lot of success in that first year. And we spent last spring really getting the buy-in of our student athletes to find out exactly what they wanted, testing out some of our program initiatives. And um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where that is. Uh, our assistant AD um, uh, for student athlete development, Peyton Stovall, and I, we, I think we make a great team. We have uh, just this awesome, we're very cohesive on our vision, um, but we have two different strengths and how we can uh, get that program going. And, and we, we lean on both of those. So that is, that has been um, really, really good. And then, you know, as of the last, nine months of our lives, the DE and I piece has been huge. And I mean, you can, well, you know, the, the listeners can't see, but I have a, a poster behind me with our Boilermaker uh, anti-racism pledge that some of our SAC uh, student athletes, um, some of our Miller and Jared Florell came up with, and we have it posted all around campus. And that's something that really kind of helped us get things going. We do staff sessions, um, did one with our strength and conditioning coaches earlier this week. We, we've had um, 
sessions with uh, individual teams. We've hosted forums for all of our student athletes uh, for Black History Month um, and for Women's History Month. Like our SAC really just kind of ran with different initiatives to highlight uh, different groups here within our department. And, and we're, we're proud of the things that we're doing. We know that the work doesn't stop. Um, it's not um, ending at any point. We can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but we do have the support that we need to just continue to, to move the needle. So you definitely cover um, a lot of ground. I know that you, you said it's three or four hats, so that seems like a, a lot of good work that you're doing. But so obviously you work with um, the, the football student athletes, but then all the, 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 the whole student athlete um, population. And then on top of that with the staff as well. So how do you like balance and find a way to meet the um, needs of the different students or sports or even um, the staff as well? The balance is... It's tricky. Um, it requires it requires some strategic scheduling on my part for sure. Um, my calendar, everything's color coded, so I know kind of where there's going to be heavier times within the month that I need to be more focused on. Here, I have like a weekly to do list, and I have like a daily checklist as well. Um, so I, that's that's just kind of how my brain works from a very strategic um, and intentional session. But with, like, I look back even with football. So the way we do our swag program is even different from a lot of other places. We focus really from January to August um, on that development piece. And then from August to December, we're focused making sure we're staying, where we, staying on track with academics and then also just the football on the field piece as well. And our leadership academy kind of takes what we're training them to do during those seven months of the, or eight months of the year early on, um, they're able to put it in action from August to December. And that works for us. That, that, that may not be the situation that could work for other people, but it works here and we're, we're grateful um, for that. And then with our all student, um, our student athlete development program, Boiler Pro Plus, we're always planning a year out. So when we're meeting on Mondays or Thursdays to go over X, Y, and Z, we're not really meeting about the things that are happening that evening. Uh, we're talking about you know months or even a year in advance. We try to get a, a skeleton calendar of what's going on, but we have no problem being flexible and taking away things or adding something else in to meet the needs of our student athletes. So you know, for example, this spring we had all of our Moonshot Mondays. Uh, and Moonshot Mondays is a series where we. Uh, encourage our student athletes to invest at least one hour a month, like focusing on their future self. And so it's like the second Tuesday of every month, we have, might have a speaker, a workshop, something to that nature. But our SAC, um, our subcommittees, we have four, four or five different subcommittees and they made the decision that they wanted to host an event each Monday. So we took away some of our Moonshot Monday events and gave them that slot to do that. Uh, one of the reasons why we didn't add additional time because I mean we're in COVID, we have 17 sports out of 18 competing right now, and they didn't have the time, but they felt it was important, and it allowed them um, to utilize their leadership that we had been, you know, working on. So, so why not? Um, last month we had a game night that our Boilermaker engagement um, crew came up with. Next uh, Monday we have um, a for our Boilermaker Brave, which is our mental health uh, group. They are putting on an event. Um, we had a disc night that our Boilermaker Professionals group came up with. Uh, we did a panel during Black History Month for our Boilermaker Blackout, which is our, um, I guess, lots of things. And you see, <laughs> um, 
Uh, we're big on the branding around here, uh, but, it, but it, it's, you know, it's cool. It works for us. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we, we're flexible. We're adaptable with the things that we need to do and the things that we want to do. Um, but every, it's, it's strategic and everything is just very intentional um, in the same right. So it's not always easy. Some of the weeks are a lot longer than others. And there's some weeks I feel like I have an event on Monday through Thursday night. Uh, plus, you know, my day job, uh, Monday through Friday morning and afternoons, but that's, I make time for the things that I want to make time for. And I'm very, very um, invested in, in the development of our student athletes. So have you found that um, with kind of allowing the students to have a say in the different programs that you all are putting together, has that helped with um, the buy-in and, and sort of like creating new initiatives? Oh, absolutely. Um, they, first of all, they get to see some of the behind the scenes of what we feel as professionals, right? <laughs> and then we, mm -hmm. we you know, we, there's like six people on the call or mm -hmm. six people that show up. And that's, that hasn't been the case for us because when they are best invested in it as much as we are, I mean, they're putting out, they're asking me to put out teamwork's messages, reminders, we're putting stuff on social media. They're sending it out in their team group needs and we are having some great, you know, numbers and turnout. And that's one thing through COVID, our numbers have been just phenomenal. And I mean, there's maybe been one or two events that hasn't been, you know, up to par with what we would have liked, but ultimately, we're well above um, average or over average um, what we had in the last you know two years, and so we we think we're we're starting that trend. We found ways to incorporate our transition course, that freshman transition course, into some of these events because we believe that as you're trying to rebuild and shift the culture, you have to start at that lower level. You want them to uh, participate in it then so that as they get older, like it's not pulling teeth, they know that this is just what we do and this mm -hmm. is part, uh, part of it. So I think that that seems like something that that you all have together pretty well. But I know that first, you know, some of the the listeners that we have are just student athletes who might not be as engaged um, in their identity development and career readiness and all that type of stuff. Um, just want to go into this next segment talking about the importance of identity development. So in the Maryland Made Unit here at, at Maryland, we focus on career readiness, leadership, education, and identity development. And while identity development can mean a lot of things and fall into you know, a lot of different categories, what does it mean to you? It means to me knowing yourself um, and then the ability to be able to lead yourself because you can't lead anybody else until you really understand who you are. Um, a big piece of that is really establishing your values. Um, so being able to match the values that you have um, and the passions that you have together to find who you are outside of that ball, that playing field, whatever that is. Um, I think it's important to celebrate and be proud of the fact that you're a student athlete, absolutely. But you're so much more than who you are when the ball stops you dribbling or rolling or throwing, whatever it is that, you know, whatever sport that you participate in. Like, who are you outside of the pool? And being able to know your role and then understand it and own it. Like, mm -hmm. own that. Be proud that you're a student athlete, but can you, what else do you do? Um, and we just continue to empower our student athletes to, to seek out what some of those passions are. And we're going to support you 
in different endeavors. And just a, a quick excerpt, some of our, we have some of our student athletes who it produce a big engineering school. Mm-hmm. And so several of them have started a group called RISE, which focuses on uh, adaptive sports and like engineering techniques that you can utilize in that. And so they partner with the Paralympics. That's not something that we, you know, told them that they needed to do. This was, this was all them, but you, you best believe we're supporting them in those mm-hmm. initiatives. We're trying to find ways to couple that and bring that into our SAC or even support that through our athletic department and giving them the shine because we want to show folks that like our student athletes are more than just student athletes. They're students first, but they're going to be great entrepreneurs. They're going to be great business folks. They're just great human beings. Uh, and we're proud of that. We're going to continue to push that. And we want them to, to identify however they see fit, um, but to own that, that identity as well. Yeah, we have um, a similar thing here at Maryland that just kind of got started um, this year. We're, we're really focusing on the community-based groups. So the um, our pre-health Terps is what we're calling it. So those interested in like the healthcare field, they completely came together and, and you know, wanted to build that community with each other. And since then have found tons of opportunities. So it's super important, you know, those type of groups when they form and to kind of, you know, give a, a space for them to meet and, and be able to talk about those different things. We have a new... Um, sport management Terps group coming together. So, you know, I love that to hear that it's happening, you know, across the Big Ten too, because it's definitely important for um, our student athletes. That's great to hear. Oh yeah, we, we need to um, get together and see how <laughs> we can do some Big Ten uh, collabs. I know the Big Ten, um, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, find ways to just grow together, get together um, as a community. And we've seen like our SAC met with Wisconsin SAC uh, at the end of last year. And then Wisconsin, not Wisconsin, uh, Illinois has put together different opportunities. Michigan sends out things that we can all attend. And, and I think that's just great that we're finding ways to, to come together to support our student athletes and just support us as, as professionals as well, because it takes a village to get this work done. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that came out of COVID that we might not have expected is like the community that you're able to build online. I know that, you know, we have the different Big Ten meetings, you know, from a staff perspective, but, you know, allowing the students to collaborate um, with each other is, you know, easier than ever now with all the different platforms and ways to connect with people. So I know that um, you help your student athletes at Purdue in their search for graduate school internships and their job search. Um, while preparing them for a career after sports. So how does career readiness tie into identity development? Again, it's knowing your role mm-hmm. and, um, and understanding uh, what that is gonna look like, finding the passion. So even when they, when they come in as you know, freshmen, even from a major selection, I'm not asking you to go through a list of 200 majors and choose what it is. I wanna know, what is it you see yourself doing in the long term? You know, what is something that fulfills you? And, and then how can we align that with said word that's in the catalog, you know, for the major? And it's kind of the same thing for uh, an overall career. You know, what, what makes a difference for you? I mean, I do what I do here because I love to impact and empower, but I could probably go to the corporate space and find the ability to do that as well. So that that career in working in athletics isn't, I'm not limited to that. And I, I know how I want to feel. And that's the, the same thing that, you know, I'm questioning my student athletes. How do you want to feel? What gets you going in the morning? And, 
Um, and how do the how do the passions that you have like how can that translate over into a particular job? It, it doesn't matter what the name of the company is. Doesn't matter how big or how small it is. But it's what do you want to feel, and how can um, you line up your values and your strengths and your passions into into that. So there's definitely a direct correlation with career readiness, kind of the same way that there is with with leadership, just finding a way to, to utilize who you are um, and how you identify in all of those different roles that you occupy your, in your life and how can you get those to shift into that next sphere. We talk a lot about, um, you know, with our students about uh, career fulfillment versus, you know, job placement or job, um, you know, yes. like, because it, it's, it's so important to make sure that you're finding somewhere, uh, you know, that, that you're working that aligns with your values. And like you said, you know, it's kind of goes along with who you are as a person and not just to say you got a job after college, but something that you actually are fulfilled by. So that's major. So rolling into our next segment here, I um, want to talk a little bit about athletic identity. So from an administrative standpoint, we all know what athletic identity is, but I think that a lot of the students might not recognize or maybe recognize a little bit too late. Um, so we know that having an identity outside of sports is important for all student athletes and for a lot of different reasons, just like having an identity outside of your career is, imp is important in life after competition. So how can student athletes begin thinking about or developing their identity while they're still competing so that they don't feel that sort of like, um, you know, that, that dip uh, after athletics? I mean, thinking about it from the beginning, coming in and understanding that you're more than just your jersey number, your name, the, jer the name you're wearing on the front or the name you're wearing on the back. Yes, we tell them that they are representatives of us when they go out into the community, um, but you're more than that from the beginning. And each week you're spending, you know, 35 hours a week mm -hmm. related to athletics in some regard, but what about those other hours? What are you doing? What makes you happy? What's fun? What's of interest to you? Um, you're more than just a student because you're only spending a certain amount of time for that. So again, like what, what's of importance and where can you find that space to, to stand out in other ways that aren't tied to that? I think it's important that you utilize the platform that you have as an athlete um, because you're going to, I mean, just even thinking with NIL that's coming out, you're going to be able to brand yourself in all kinds of ways. And, and as an athlete, you're going to come here and we're hoping to win championships. And so we're going to work you in that capacity, but, but how are you going to utilize us in this space to get the things that you need to, to do as well? And I'm hoping that as our student athletes are getting, um, you know, more educated on NIL, same with us as professionals, that we find ways to to grow and to look outside of just athletics. Like, what are we good at? What can I, you know, do on social media that can monetize, you know, an X, Y, and Z? How can I become an entrepreneur? How can I be a philanthropist to utilize the platform that I have to, you know, engage the community in X, Y, and Z and to also give back in different ways? Um, but that, that, that athletic identity, that, that foreclosure that you experience after, Athletics, it's real. I mean, I think we've all experienced it in some way or, way or another. It's just like, were we actually prepared for it? When I knew I was going to grad school and I was going to go into a completely different state, well across the country, I was going by myself. I prepared for that beforehand. So what I would do, I go eat lunch by myself <laughs> because I needed to be comfortable doing things that I, you know, hadn't done outside the box. And so it's the same way. Like, 
be comfortable being something more than an athlete. Think about what life is going to look like when that, that ball stops dribbling. Because at some point it is, and it may not, you know, for our, our folks, our 2% who go pro, mm-hmm. at some point, even then it's going to stop. And we, you got to think about who you are uh, more than, you're, you're more than just an athlete, you know, to be, <laughs> use the LeBron James, um, mm-hmm. so we're, we're all more than just an athlete, but being an athlete has provided us so many great experiences and you can use those um, in the real world so to speak, mm-hmm. um, both now and later. Definitely. So I know that you touched on um, NIL and obviously even us as staff are, are learning about that space and, and learning about how student athletes can kind of capitalize on these new opportunities, but um, just taking that you know off the table, what resources are out there for students to discover um, their identity, their passion or their purpose? So it could be either at Purdue or just you know, resources in general. I. I know that, I mean, here we, we have the ability to do different assessments just for a baseline um, of figuring out, you know, what do, what do I stand for? What, um, what are my strengths? What are different areas that I can continue to grow in? Um, there's so much on the internet and just things on social media that you can kind of see like, oh man, I could really see myself in this person or I would like to be like this person, which is completely fine as well. And then following their journeys to see how we can um, bring out the best versions and the best pieces of us um, as well. Um, the NCAA offers a ton of different resources. I think a lot of them sometimes are just hidden. I mean, they have a lot of stuff on their website, mm-hmm. um, lots of different modules and things. Um, the Leadership Development Crew has different um, different programs like the Leadership Forum, Career and Sports Forum. So different places that our student athletes can really tap into that sometimes kind of go unnoticed until it's the last minute. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's what I find just generally, generationally, it's, it's not important until it was important. And from an identity standpoint, it needs to be important every single day. It needs to be important before it was important. Mm-hmm. Because if it, it doesn't, then you're really behind the eight ball and you're doing yourself a disservice in the process. Definitely, that's, that's really important. Um, all right, so just rolling into our last segment here, a sort of uh, wrap up and, and what's next. Um, so what is the greatest piece of advice you could give student athletes who are looking to focus on and build up their um, identity development? You have to know yourself first. That's, it's, a, it's easier said than done because I, I've been doing this for a while. Uh, I've been in your space for a while and I think who I was as a student athlete and definitely who I am now as a professional has shifted um, in some of the priorities in my life, but that doesn't make it wrong for who I felt I was as a student athlete. And I, I've, I've always known that I, I've had the ability to, to impact others, how I thought I did that you know, years ago versus how I do that now may have changed. But ultimately, like I was able to come to terms with like, this is why I'm here. Like, what's my why? What's your purpose? And understanding that. And it, it takes some time to craft that, that information. And then once you figure out your why, okay, what, what strengths do you have to lean on? And then how can you match those together to get to that, that next, next step? So utilize every resource that you have. 
you have the platform of being an athlete. That's great. Um, you have lots of student athlete development resources and practitioners and professionals in the field who want to help you use that. You have people on your campus who, who want to see our students grow and succeed um, and be difference makers. Use that. You have folks in the community. You, we, we have very intentional partnerships and relationships that we as professionals try to expose our students to. That one of those speakers that you have or one of those community service events that you attend, you may meet that one person who can change your life and be open and available um, to that. Like, so I, I believe in intentionality. I believe even this conversation that you and I are having today, Megan, like there's something that someone may hear from it uh, that may positively influence their life or it may be the starting of an awesome relationship between you and I. Uh, I mean, I know we're both, you know, I'm, I'm hashtag honorary. One, uh, so we do have that in common for sure. Uh, but I, I just, I believe in the intentionality of it all. And I think that, that everyone needs to, to find ways to, to take something from it. You don't have to take everything from it, but from every conversation, you can take something and you leave the rest. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said there about, you know, finding your why. And I think that working with student athletes, a lot of times we see that, you know, their career goals or, you know, what their why may be can evolve over time. So what type of, you know, advice would you have for someone who maybe either is in that transition phase of like, this is what I thought I wanted to do. Now I want to do this, or maybe even for the student athletes who have already graduated might not have the, the resources that you know, you've been talking about, you know, how can you still navigate that, that type of focus and still identify, you know, who you are and, and build your purpose up again? Well, be present in where you are um, and, and owning the, the thoughts of, okay, this is, this is what I wanted to do and this is where I think I want to go, but then questioning, like, why do you want to go there? Is it a financial piece that has kind of changed your mind? Because the money, the money's going to come. The money's going to come. Uh, and I guarantee you, as you continue to pursue your passions, there are, there's, there's just going to be times where the, the money isn't always of importance. I mean, there's lots of millionaires and billionaires who have their, their own issues. And so money doesn't always solve everything. But, but be, be faithful in, in the thoughts of just continuing to move forward, taking it one day at a, one day at a time and, and asking those questions. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to make those connections um, that can help you. And it's, it, it, takes, it takes time. I wish Rome was built in a day. It wasn't. Um, none of us experience overnight success. Um, you know, every now and then you have some entrepreneurship who blew up overnight, but most times they had to put in a lot of work to, mm -hmm. to, to that. So, so be okay. Be okay with knowing that it's not, it's not an overnight success and um, that there's, there are resources. There are resources. I guarantee you, even if it's student athletes who are years removed as professionals, we, we look forward to when they come back, even if it is late, it's years later where we, we have sometimes that I told you so, like, we've been trying to tell you, this. <laughs> we're still going to be open to, to having those conversations. And even if it's a professional that you didn't work with or didn't have a relationship in, if you're listening to this right now, hit me up. I'll have the conversation with you. I'll walk with you through it. I'm more than happy to, to assist in whatever way or to connect in any way that I can. Um, I, you know, I try to make my network available to others um, in 
legitimate ways. I don't, you know, want to just put offer other people's services on the table. But if I know someone that I think is a good connector and I believe that this person is genuinely into trying to make some type of change or that just, you know, would like some mentorship or some guidance, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stick my neck out to, to help others. And I, I know that there are a lot of other people who will do the same thing, but so many people are a little bit nervous and just, just taking that first step, but take the first step. Um, you don't get up the staircase unless you, you keep taking step by step. Yeah, that's major. Um, I think that's great advice that hopefully, like you said, at least one person listening, um, you know, that resonated for, because I, I do think that's important. Um, all right, so wrapping up here, where do you see the evolution of identity development programs going, not only at the Big Ten level, but across the country for some of those smaller schools as well? I think identity development is, is going to take off. And part of that is gonna be attributed to, to NIL because now student athletes are gonna realize the financial implications that can come with being something more than just the stu a student athlete and finding ways to, to brand themselves in different areas. Um, it may not be the most authentic because it's the monetization that comes with that, but I think what it's gonna do, it's, it's just gonna open that door to realize gosh, I, okay, I have this platform, but what else can I offer and how can I do it and how can I serve others? Um, whether it's from a service, a philanthropy, um, or even a, just an entrepreneurship um, situation. But I think it, it's something that's needed. It's something that's needed for us to, to grow, um, for, to challenge us as professionals to find innovative ways to continue to serve the student athletes, but for the student athletes to be able to look past just the jersey that they're wearing. Like it's important for us to, to push that. And I, I'm looking forward to, to where, where the future is going to go um, with this. And I hope as, you know, as a Big Ten conference that we can just consider, continue to, to high five each other, to pat each other on the back, to partner, to collaborate in whatever ways that, that we can to, um, to make that, that next wave and that next impact um, with our student athletes. So for those of our listeners who don't follow you on social media, might not be aware of the, uh, the hashtag LCJ gems um, that you dropped for us on Twitter. So um, you know, to wrap this up, if you just have one final gem or piece of advice for anyone out there, um, you know, considering, you know, evolving their identity development or just that it's on their mind um, that any advice you could offer them? Um, two, two of the gems, probably two of the, the favorites that I have uh, dropped recently be just be where your feet are. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. We're always trying to look for next, um, but sometimes it's really important to just focus on the now. And I believe COVID has been a huge um, impactor in how I've seen like to be able to pause to slow down because I, I'm the queen of not even enjoying the moment of the celebration, but to be looking at and trying to plan for forward and that just being being where your feet are uh, from an identity standpoint. Uh, and then um, I think this one came yesterday or the day before, but uh, you can recycle the box that people try to put you in. Mm. I've been, you know, labeled as just the academics person, or this is the only thing I can do. And I'm so much more than that. And you're so much more than the, the label that people or the Jersey that people mm -hmm. <laughs> just try to tag on you, or you're just that number. You're so much more than that. So that box that they put you in, go ahead and be good to the earth and recycle it, keep it moving and just know that you're, you're bigger and better than that. 
Amazing. I knew, I knew you wouldn't disappoint. So thank you for that. Um, and just as we wrap up here, I just want to give you a chance to, um, you know, uh, if you if you want to share your social media for anyone who might want to follow you, connect with you, or just be able to hear some of these gems that you're dropping on the daily. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at uh, Mrs. Coach Lacey. So MRS Coach Lacey um, at Twitter or hashtag LCJ Gems. Um, you should be able to find me. Uh, I have to give ELS21 uh, credit for that because that, that really kind of started in uh, on a panel that I did for uh, ELS. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's the NCAA Emerging Leaders Seminar. Uh, I was able to be a be on a panel for for that this year and uh, the cohort the 21 cohort uh, made me an honorary member and I take that with very much so pride and so I give you all credit for helping to establish uh, LCJ gems and um, you can also find me on on Instagram as well and you can just type in coach Lacey and Awesome. Well, thank you. And just um, a plug for us. So you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel, as well as our podcast, um, just at, at Maryland Made Terps. Um, and that is it for our third episode here today. So thank you, everyone, um, for listening and looking forward to catching you on the next episode.